Welcome to Mock 10 Sports. Glad you could join us for this December 15th episode. Early signing period, just a week, just under a week away. A lot going on in the college football world. Just recruiting, portal, the high school recruiting, bowl prep, staff changes, getting acclimated just overall with new staff, new players coming in in January. Uh, the best Saturday in college basketball this weekend. I thought last Saturday was awesome, but this weekend's going to be awesome. Uh, we also have a SEC bowl game this week I'm going to preview. We got Florida over in the Vegas Bowl against Oregon State. But let's lead off with first, as we all unfortunately saw the news, Mike Leach passed away on Tuesday morning. Um, unfortunate event. Just want to lead off. I know it's kind of been conversation about him being a Hall of Famer. I know he's just under the winning percentage. But, man, Mike Leach, you, I don't think you could really get through five college football stories, if you're being honest, being objective, without mentioning him. Coached in the Big 12, Pac-12, SEC. Coached in a lot of conferences, a lot of teams. And it was was very um, helpful and assisted in developing an offense with Hal Mummy at Kentucky. God did a lot for the sport. It's time to push him into the Hall of Fame. Um, I, I think that has to be done. Again, thoughts and prayers are with his family in this tough situation with the Mississippi State family. Uh, there's no easy way to transition into this, but if you missed this too, I mean, Mississippi State hired defensive coordinator Zach Arnett for four years, $3 million annually. Arnett, a 36-year-old young D.C., thought he did a good job with Mississippi State's defense. I, I think that's the hire to retain the roster, retain some, some of the staff, if you went and hired someone like Joe Judge, who's going to bring in his own people, that is too much to uh, that is too much overhaul in a short period of time during tough situations. I mean, you got to remember, Mississippi State doesn't even have an AD right now. I think they're close to hiring the Georgia Southern AD, but I don't know if that's concrete or not. Just hearing that through the grapevine. But you also got to understand, you got to tread lightly. You you just lost an active head coach that I can't remember the last time this happened. Maybe the 1980 LSU coach, I forget his name, but he was only on the job for like two months. There's been some coaches at you know, at lower levels that this has happened to, but not a lot. So it's a very unique circumstance where I think promoting within, uh, give him a four-year, $3 million annually deal. I think that was the right thing to do in this situation. Now, will it turn out to be a success? I don't know. It's too early to tell. I don't really want to get into that right now, but just wanted to report on it. I mean, we got a new SEC coach. we got Zach Arnett in diff- difficult situations. Mississippi State's going to play their bowl game against Illinois uh, in the ReliaQuest Bowl. It used to be the Outback Bowl, but they're going to play it in Tampa, Raymond James Stadium. There'll be a pirate ship there, as there normally is, uh, at that stadium unique for Mike Leach, but again, just wanted to send thoughts and prayers to uh, Mississippi State, Mike Leach's family, and then just a congratulations, Zach Arnett. I think that was the right decision by Mississippi State to give him the full-time job. Moving on to some transfer portal updates throughout the week. I mean, this is going on daily, so you may just hear this one. Jaheim Bell, tight end running back wide receiver from South Carolina, has committed to Florida State. Damon Clowney, the edge uh, defender for Ole Miss, committed to Charlotte, only played in two games this past year. Christian Leary, the wide receiver from Alabama, is going back home to UCF from Orlando originally. Only had 10 catches and one touchdown in his two seasons in Tuscaloosa. Chase Lane, wide receiver at Texas A&M, is going to Georgia Tech. Ray Darius Jones, a corner from LSU, he is going to Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State was one of his top schools out of high school. Horn Lake, Mississippi is where he's originally from. If you don't know where that is, it's where Georgia linebacker Nakobe Dean was from. So they were teammates. Did not see action this year for LSU, so, but he is committed to go back home to Mississippi State. Kamari Rogers, corner from Miami. 
appeared in one game for the Canes this year. He is uh, he entered the portal a while back. Now he's going to Mississippi State, committed to Mississippi State. Braylon Brown, wide receiver from Ole Miss, appeared in a couple games on special teams, has not found a home yet. Derek Davis, a safety from LSU, played in four games this season, three years of eligibility left. Does not have a home. Uh, Marcus Doomerville, offensive tackle from LSU, never cracked the rotation. Three years remaining of eligibility. And then finally, Smoke Bowie, corner from Texas A&M. Look out for Colorado here. Nick Williams, who is his lead recruiter at A&M, is now the secondary coach for uh, Deion Sanders at Colorado. Uh, Ags are a bit thin at corner now, so that was one of the more unexpected losses. That's just kind of some of the action as we head in to today. Out right for the show, I was on Twitter. There's some other ones who have uh, kind of come on and hit the portal here recently. Some guys uh, getting out of the portal as well. So it's just kind of all over the place. Like I just saw Darnell Washington, Darnell Wright, the offensive lineman from Tennessee. He is entering the draft. He's going to declare. Uh, just a lot going on just overall right now in college football. It's daily. I mean, it's just daily. I'm scrolling through it right now. Aiden O'Connell, the Purdue quarterback, he's opting out of the bowl game, bowl game against LSU. I don't really understand that. Drew Brees getting hired as an intern. There is so much going on in college football. I mean, you turn your phone off. As crazy as it sounds, we all need to get away from our phones probably a little more in today's time. But you turn it off, you're missing news. So it is crazy. Just some early early NFL draft uh, entries from the SEC. Antonio Johnson, defensive back from Texas A&M, has a chance to be one of the first, if not uh, the very first, nickel-type corner slot defensive back taken in the 2023 draft from Texas A&M. He entered the portal. Uh, and with that said, we're going to transition to some actual football. We do have some SEC football this weekend. Just wanted to cover the Mississippi State, Mike Leach, Zach Arnett, the portal entry, some NFL draft entries that we updated you with on Tuesday. Let's get into this preview. So we got Florida versus Oregon State, the Las Vegas Bowl. First time that we've had an SEC Pac-12 bowl game matchup. This will take place at 1.30 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone on ESPN. I think this was supposed to be a night game, but because the Raiders play the Patriots the next day, I think they had to push it up some. If you're looking for great quarterback play in this game, this is not going to be for you. Anthony Richardson is declared for the draft and will not play in this game. Very inconsistent for sure. We all know his his uh, struggles and probably could make the case for one of the more inconsistent quarterbacks in the entire college football this year. However, he did flash enough uh, ability at times he can make plays with his, leg, his legs even when things break down. So without him, that's really going to hurt Florida. Can the offense do anything with Jack Miller, the Ohio State transfer, getting his first start? On the other side, for the Beavers, the signal caller, Bill, uh, sorry, Ben Goldbranson, has only thrown for over 200 yards once in the Beavers' last six games. This Oregon State defense is also pretty good when it comes to defending the pass against teams that are not at full strength. Oregon is going is going for their 10th win this season. This will mean a lot for the Beavers and Coach Smith. They should be plenty motivated. Florida did not meet expectations this year, and I think Billy Napier would tell you that. Granted, it's his first year. Need to finish strong in recruiting, shore up some holes, through the portal on that roster heading into the 23 season. Where this game will be won, can Florida run the football in first and second down? Florida comes in averaging the 15th most rushing yards per game, 213 to be exact. Early downs will be critical in this game. When the Florida offense, in my opinion, is on the field, this will be critical. Uh, if Oregon, who ranks 20th in fewest rushing yards allowed per game with 114, can limit Florida on the ground on first and second down, they will be putting Jack Miller in very tough situations to convert in third and longs. I think that's going to be the strategy for the Beavers. I think they'll be able to accomplish it. Prediction, Oregon State, I'm going to go with Oregon State 27-20. to 20. 
I think Oregon State will get Florida into some of these third and long situations that I just mentioned, and Florida will not be able to get it going offensively. I do think Florida will hang around long enough, though, due to the lack of passing game from the Beavers as well. However, with their best in front seven player, especially at the linebacker position, Ventrell Miller out, if the Beavs can run on Florida, it'll be a wrap. Expect Florida to get a big defensive or special team score to keep this one close. Uh, I'll take Florida in the plus 10.5. In these kind of bowl situations, at double-digit points is a lot. Give me Florida 10.5. I don't think they win the game. I do think Oregon State actually wins this game 27-20. to 20. They just got more to play for. They're going to notch their 10th win of the season. Uh, I like the Oregon State program as, as a overall. What is it? Coach Smith uh, just got an extension, I believe. He just got an extension for the Oregon State Beavers. He's doing a really good job. Jonathan Smith just got I'm looking it up. Has agreed on a six-year, $30.6 million extension. I mean, guy's done a good job at Oregon State. They got a big win against the rival in the Civil War this year. Oregon, Oregon State's a pretty solid football team. They have a lot more to play for. Not as many opt-outs. I would be shocked if the Beavers didn't win this, but I do think it'll be closer than 10.5, so that's why I would take Florida. This bowl game, I do like that there is now an SEC Pac-12 tie. I think for a while it was always just SEC Big Ten, a little Big 12. But I do like that we'll go coast-to-coast on this. These bowl games, now this game's the definition of it. Like, you're just like. Does it really mean anything? I hate to say that. Anytime you go in the field and you're a competitive person, you want to win. But I don't think anybody's going to feel any better or worse about Florida's season if they win or lose. I guess if you had to pick one, probably worse if they lose because they'd finish with an overall losing record. But I don't think anybody's going to be like, yep, that's it. Billy Napier lost the Vegas Bowl. I'm done with him. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be more like, hey, if he goes and wins, huh, shorthanded, like, I mean, they'd have to do pretty well from a schematic standpoint to give them an advantage from that point. Jack Miller's going to have to play well. The run defense would have to play well without their best linebacker, Ventro Miller. So it'd be a lot to build off of, but this isn't anywhere near what you're going to look at this team and see. But I do think Florida, because the guys that are going to play, I think are going to be ready to play because there'll be some young guys trying to uh, are going to be chomping at the bit to try to show their talents. So I think it'll be closer. Again, I like Florida to get a random score, as random as that sounds. No statistical data or any value to back that up. Just a fill. Special teams block pump for a touchdown, maybe a kickoff, pick six, something like that to keep Florida within the 10.5. So when I keep uh, winning bets, specifically in college basketball and college football for you this year, when your kid goes to school, I don't know how your kid is, but whenever your kid goes to college, you can thank me later. Uh, send me a Christmas card. I will dance at your wedding. Uh, or your child's wedding in that uh, standpoint. But that's we do have a bowl game this weekend, so I just wanted to cover that, give you my preview. I'll come out with the individual preview later. Transitioning to the hardwood here, though. Wednesday night, we had two SEC basketball games. We had the LSU Tigers getting the 67-57 win over North Carolina Central. Improves the Tigers to 9-1 and on the season. They're only lost to a solid Kansas State team. Matt McMahon squad's doing a really good job. I like K.J. Williams for them. Big presence down there at 18 points, 12 boards, 2 assists. I like that. Uh, interesting for LSU here. They have that chance, I feel like. I've watched them. I'm not overly impressive from the eye test. They, every time I kind of watch, they played Kansas. I think Kansas City to open up the season about a month ago. Didn't a little unimpressive. Didn't get an opportunity. I watched it. Went back and watched some of the highlights of the uh, Kansas State game. They lost it at the end. But LSU, I mean, they got some guys coming from Murray State. They're fighting a bunch. I think they'll upset some people at home this year. Will they make the tournament? I don't want to say that yet because there's so much inconsistent play with them. But I do like LSU to come in. They could potentially fight for that sixth spot in the league right now. But honestly, I think they'll finish closer to seventh or eighth. 
Uh, moving to the other game, the, one of the bigger, probably the biggest midweek game in college basketball. Uh, same night on Tuesday, Alabama with a 91-88 win over Memphis. Another really good win for Alabama and Nados when you factor in everything. Coming off a big emotional win against Houston, could have had a hangover. Alabama could have it. Now, it wasn't their best performance, but they got the job done against a quality opponent. True freshman standout Brandon Miller, who went without a field goal against Houston last Saturday, dropped 24 points, 8 boards, and 5 assists. He even started a little slow in this one, but dominated the second half, took over. Starter also, Namari Burnett, had wrist surgery on Monday, heard it against Houston, played through it, expected to miss six to eight weeks. It'll be interesting to see how Alabama adjusts from that standpoint, one of their better defenders. This is probably the Tide's best defender, like I mentioned, so it'll be interesting to see how they just overall adjust as Dom Welch come in. A guy that's coming off a calf injury. It's been a while. Does he come in? His length, uh, his size, he's one of the better, I think he was a 38% career three-point three shooter at St. Bonaventure last year before he transferred in. But a little Darius Miles, who I thought had a good game for Alabama off the bench, one of the one of three returners from last year's team, came in and gave Alabama some solid minutes. They're going to probably have to replace Namari Burnett by committee by two guys. I would probably in a perfect world probably probably a combination of guys between Ryland Griffin, Darius Miles, and then if Dom Welch can come back, that would help until they get Namari Burnett back from his wrist injury. Again, I heard it's not his shooting hand, so he should be back by uh, I think middle of February. Uh, probably beginning of February. Uh, but transition to Memphis a little bit. One of the more impressive players I've watched this year in college basketball, Kendrick Davis from Memphis. I mean, I watched him in back-to-back games against Auburn and Alabama. He's probably one of the best playmakers I've seen this year. He put 27-30 and 30 back-to-back against very quality defensive teams in Auburn and Alabama since last Saturday. So it's another game where Alabama showed its true depth despite being down two roster spots, like I said, with Burnett and Dominic Welch being out. Memphis would also never quit. You felt like Bama was getting up seven to nine points multiple different times towards the end of the game and just could not run away. Felt like kind of a second-round NCAA matchup. Two very fun teams to watch. I expect both these teams to be in the tournament, obviously. Uh, how Alabama will be affected with Namari Burnett's injury, we talked about that just a minute ago. I think it can be by committee. Too early to tell. Honestly, don't know if anyone, though, could have stopped Kendrick Davis the other night for Memphis. But if Bama can get Welch back, Miles getting to similar rhythm. Look out for Bama. They get him back. He'll be ready kind of towards the end stretch for Bama. Could be a little bit of a blessing in disguise, like how Tennessee had to deal with uh, being out with Kennedy Chandler for a little bit last year, and it helped uh, Zakai Ziegler develop into who he is today a little bit. So all these injuries, as long as they're not like career-ending or season-ending, can be blessing in disguise at times for building your depth for tournament time. And that, Maybe it's where Bama and Nate Oates is kind of thinking right now, just kind of thinking about it optimistically. Uh, moving into Wednesday's action, before we get into our updated SEC basketball power rankings, just going through some scores. Uh, the UAB Blazers taking it to the Gamecocks, 84-70. South Carolina taking the 84-70 loss, drops the Gamecocks to 5-5 five and five on the season. DJ Jackson, 20 points, three boards, one assist. South Carolina is going to be that team. They'll probably have one good game. They'll probably play somebody at home where DJ Jackson goes off, but probably one of the bottom three teams in the league. Not overly impressed with them. They're sitting at 5-5. Five and five. Florida getting the 82-48 win over Ohio improves the Gators to 7-4 and four on the season. Uh, like kind of what Florida's doing, I think they're just outmanned a little bit. They bang on Castleton to have big games night in, night out. Guard plays very inconsistent. Gators, again, improved to 7-4. Mississippi State struggled some in Jackson. Mississippi Coliseum against Jackson State. 
Uh, the Bulldogs improved to 10 and 0 on the season, getting the 69-59 win against 1 and 9 Jackson State, led by former SEC player, Alabama player Maurice Williams. Mo Williams had a long career in the NBA. He is now the head coach at Jackson State. But Mississippi State struggling. Uh, kind of pulled away late to get the 10-point win. Probably one of their worst games of the season. But a guy, DJ Jeffries, one of the other big guys besides Tolu Smith from Mississippi State, 15 points, 5 boards, 3 assists for Jeffries. He's coming on to make uh, Mississippi State have one of the better front courts in the league right now. A uh, game I was at last night <clears throat> at the Sandy and John Black Pavilion in Oxford. Ole Miss against UCF. UCF getting the 72-61 win over the Rebels. Uh, the Rebels dropped to seven and three on the season. I just I, Matthew Morell carried them with twenty one points, four boards, three assists. Personal thoughts on this one? I mean, UCF is a pretty solid team with Johnny Dawkins and his team. Went they started off twenty on a twenty one to nothing run. They were they were up twenty one to nothing right off the bat. Ole Miss is getting the free throw line, missing four straight free throws. Matthew Morell is really their only offensive threat. Kind of feels like the same old song and dance for the Rebs. They'll play solid D. They're not going to put. They don't have a lot of true scores besides Morell. Um, also, Ruffin, still big knee brace on his leg. Doesn't look like he overall is still trust his knee yet coming back from the injury. Only guy that really scares me right now for Ole Miss is Morell. Don't think he'll be enough. I think the Rebs start getting beat up a little bit here in conference play. Was not overly impressed with them last night, seeing them for the first time in person live. Uh, left a lot to be desired. But again, the Rebs dropped to 7-3 and three on the season. Auburn, another team that struggled some last night, getting the 72-64 win, uh, improving the Tigers to 9-1 and one on the season, coming back after their loss, after their loss against Memphis this past Saturday. Jalen uh, Williams led them, 20 points, 8 boards, 1 assist. Katie Johnson, one of Auburn's guards, apparently got in a fight with Alan Flanagan this past week, as the rumors on social media say. So he was suspended for this game. Auburn was down 31-28 to at half against a 5-5 five and five Georgia State team. He's usually scrappy from the Sun Belt, athletic team. Seen him in the tournament a lot, give people hell. But Auburn, just with 15 minutes left, was down in the game. Don't really like Auburn's offensive firepower. Uh, commit a bunch of turnovers. This Auburn team's interesting. They're lingering between that five and six spot in the league right now for me with Mississippi State. But those are the scores from Wednesday, middle week, uh, from the midweek for the SEC. We'll preview a little bit uh, some of these games coming up in the biggest weekend of the season so far in college basketball. Let's get right to the college basketball power rankings and then into Joe Lenardi's updated bracketology going into the week. Uh, SEC basketball power rankings for me. Alabama comes in at one. Just I don't know how Alabama's got some of the better wins in the country. Uh, probably the best loss in the country to UConn, who I think is the best team right now in the entire country. Alabama coming in at one, especially after the week they had against Houston and Memphis. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And then Amari Burnett's the big question mark for the Tide right now. Number two, Arkansas. Uh, coming in with another big injury themselves. Trevon Brazil got hurt last week, as we all know. They got a big win against Oklahoma and Tulsa over the weekend. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Hogs continue. Always try to give these teams off one of their key injuries a game, like Alabama, to get some film on tape. Coaches go back, analyze it. Hey, how can we filter in some of the some of the loss of Namari Burnett? Give them a game, just like Arkansas against UNC Greensboro or Asheville. I forget who it was last week. Trevon Brazil got hurt in that game. They struggled to eke that win out, but they looked a lot better against Oklahoma. Get get their feet underneath them with a game in after losing one of their better players. How's that going to affect the rotation? Who's going to take some more of those points away, possessions? Stuff like that. Uh, number three coming in, Tennessee. 
I like the balls again. I keep saying it. Highest floor in the league. You know what you're going to get with them. But Maryland just getting absolutely shellacked last night by UCLA at home. Just goes to show you Tennessee eking out a win. Granted, without two of their better post guys, still just doesn't get me warm and fuzzy inside. It really doesn't. I think Tennessee is going to make the tournament. Solid team. But I still think they lock in at three right here for me. Kentucky coming in at four. They're going to come on at some point. Big one against UCLA this weekend. They can have a chance to rise up in the Mach 10 power rankings. Auburn. Like I said, back and forth with them and Mississippi State. Auburn's struggling. Offense is going to be key. Them and Mississippi State are very similar teams to me. Uh, Mississippi State, like I said, struggled against Jackson State. They're coming in at sixth. Uh, but I like what they're doing right now. I expect them to be undefeated when Alabama comes to town on the 28th of December for the first conference game. LSU at seven. I talked about them. Potential tournament team if they could get on a run here with their one loss. Florida coming in at eight. Uh, Texas A&M at nine. Ole Miss, ten. I think those teams from like seven to ten. LSU, Florida, A&M, Ole Miss are kind of 7A, B, C, and D, in my opinion. You could kind of throw them in a hat. It was really unimpressed with Ole Miss last night. I think at some point A&M turns it on, and I think it kind of gets hot. For the league, I've seen some people be like, the SEC is going to get eight or nine teams. Now, hear me out. I think the SEC is a top-two league in the country right now between them, the Big Ten, and Big 12. But I think it's fair to say the SEC is a little top-heavy, one through six. Uh, and even you can make the case one through four because Auburn and Mississippi, Auburn has some question marks for me, and I don't really think Mississippi State's real tested. But I think for the SEC to get seven, eight, nine bids, somebody between LSU, Florida, A&M, and Ole Miss, and probably honestly more so LSU, Florida, and A&M are going to have to step up here for the league. Uh, moving to 11, Missouri, one loss, got shellacked by Kansas at home, was not ready for that. They're not ready for that. Uh, I think I think my guy Dennis uh, Gates is going to do. He's going to be fine, but it's just going to be a rough first year. Georgia coming in at twelve, uh, South Carolina thirteenth, and Vanderbilt at fourteenth to wrap up the league. But like I said, right now overall heading into the biggest weekend of college basketball with some good matchups nationally and for sure in the league. I think the SEC's got four really good teams sitting there with Auburn and Mississippi State waiting to get into that conversation of being really good. I think Auburn's above average right now. I think Mississippi State may be a little better than them, but I think I know what I'm getting with Auburn and Mississippi State. I still don't know. It's like seeing a girl on social media. I've just seen Mississippi State's headshot. I haven't seen a full body shot yet. That's my problem with Mississippi State. I feel like I've seen the profile picture. I've not seen the full body shot yet. I feel like I will see that on December 28th. But those are the power rankings for me right now going through it. Alabama 1, Arkansas 2, LSU, oh, sorry, Tennessee 3, Kentucky 4, Auburn 5, Mississippi State 6, LSU 7, Florida 8, Texas A&M 9, Ole Miss 10, Missouri 11, Georgia 12, South Carolina 13th, Vanderbilt 14th. Joe Lenardi on Tuesday released his updated bracketology. It's early. It was only December 13th when he launched this, but we're going to talk about it. Uh, Alabama comes in as a one seed. Tennessee is going to get a two seed. Arkansas, three seed. Kentucky, four seed. Auburn, five seed. Mississippi State, five seed. In his first four out, he had Ole Miss, which that'll probably be worse this upcoming week. And then the next four out, he had LSU. So that's kind of where the SEC stands right now early, early, early in the season. We're still two weeks away from conference play. We got Alabama one seed, and by the way, they they had Bama hosting that in Birmingham. There's a tournament, there's a regional first and second round in Birmingham. Tennessee is the two seed, Arkansas three seed. 
They said Kentucky four seed, Auburn five seed, Mississippi State five seed. And I think that may be a little high for Mississippi State and Auburn right now. But the rest of them I feel good about. Somewhere in those one to four seeds, I think Alabama, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Kentucky will be. Like I said, still to be determined on Auburn and Mississippi State. I'd venture to say Ole Miss is not going to make the tournament. Not enough offensive power. Still to be determined on LSU. Weekend preview before we get you out of here of SEC basketball. We got, we're going to roll through it right here. We got it. Da, 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 da. The 17th. So here we go. So we got the big one. Alabama at Gonzaga. We will be live. The CM Newton Classic in Birmingham. Number four Alabama gets number 15 Gonzaga. Be on CBS at noon central time zone. Gonzaga coming into town trying to avenge their loss from Alabama last year in Seattle when Alabama's bigger wins. Uh, it'll be interesting what this line is when it comes out tomorrow in this basketball game. I'm thinking Alabama will be favored anywhere from four to six. I've heard some other people say two. I think Alabama matches up well from an athletic standpoint with Gonzaga this year. It'll be a real test for Charles Bediaco and Noah Clowney, though, against Drew Timmy. He, Bediaco handled his own against Timmy last year. Uh, I think Gonzaga's going to come in with the underdog role, though, in this game. A situation Mark Few has not had to use for his team in a long time. Uh, I think it's a little dangerous for Alabama. They're, I mean, I think anybody would have bet a ton of money Alabama would have lost one of the three games between at Houston, Memphis, and Gonzaga. And they're 2-0. and If they were to win this, roll in with one loss to the best team in the country, UConn, in the conference play, phew, Alabama's top three, I think, rolling into conference play on December 28th. Gonzaga's a little dangerous here. Alabama's due to drop one. Uh, I do think Bama will get this win, in my opinion, though. I, I think it's a good matchup. Athletically, they will uh, be they have a major advantage against Gonzaga. I think Alabama's more athletic and longer than they were last year. Again, I think this is a better matchup for Alabama this year than it was last year. I said that for the Houston game last Saturday. So I think Bama will get it, get it done. It fired up to go there and watch that game on Saturday uh, for brunch, essentially. Uh, another big game at UCLA against Kentucky, CBS 415 p.m. Central Central Standard Time Zone tip-off. UCLA getting a big win on the road last night against Maryland, dismantling them. This is Kentucky's chance. I think Kentucky needs this game. So a big Oscar Shebway game, uh, I think, coming up. Mick Cronin does a great job with his UCLA Bruin team. Got a lot of guys back from their roster from the past two years, going back to last year and the previous year where they went to the Final Four. This will be a fun matchup, in my opinion. I'm excited to watch that one. Get back home after the Alabama-Gonzaga game. Put on the tube. Watch that one. Uh, another big one. we got Texas A&M and Memphis playing each other. Texas A&M heading to Memphis, uh, playing at the Forum. Uh, this would be a big win for Texas A&M. They kind of need this one because they dropped some earlier in the Charleston Classic. If A&M, like I said, is going to come on and help the league get seven, eight bids, which I think is very, which is more realistic than the nine some have stated, they need this win against a good Memphis team, a very veteran Memphis squad against another veteran A&M squad. So the battle of veterans in Memphis, I like this matchup under the radar. I don't think a lot of people nationally will watch this, but it'll be a good game. And then Tennessee, Arizona, the nightcap, 9.30 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone on ESPN2. Uh, Tennessee gave Arizona the loss in the Tommy Bowl and Thompson Arena last year. Uh, Arizona, Tennessee, toughest game by far this year for them. Have to travel west to the desert, avenge this. Vescovy isn't 100% healthy. I don't like Tennessee in this game, I'll be honest with you. I think Arizona takes it to them at home, gets revenge from last year. But again, another good game there, man. That's, what, that's probably, from top to bottom, the best game that day right 
Behind that is probably Alabama, Gonzaga. Some other games in the league before we get to Sunday. Missouri, UCF. I thought UCF looked solid last night. This would be a big win for Missouri if they could get it done. Uh, sprinkling, you got Nickel State, Mississippi State, Bradley, Arkansas, Temple heads to Oxford to play Ole Miss, Winthrop heads to Baton Rouge to play LSU. You got Vanderbilt heading to Raleigh to play North Carolina State. So that's kind of a big, big lineup for the SEC on Saturday. A lot of chances for teams like Alabama to continue to flex its muscles. Kentucky to get probably, Kentucky needs this win probably more than anyone in the league this week. I think it could really springboard them into a good start in conference play if they could get this win at home against UCLA. Uh, I just I. It, I don't know. I, I, I'm i going to pick Kentucky to win this game. I just really don't know how I feel overall about trusting Kentucky at the Garden, Madison Square Garden. It's a, it's a big matchup, man. It's probably my favorite one of the weekend, Right, like I said, right after the Alabama-Gonzaga game, or right uh, followed by the Alabama-Gonzaga game. Uh, big. I think they need it the most. Kentucky, then probably Tennessee, and then after that in the SEC, uh, the must-need win. Probably A&M against Memphis. I think Alabama is going to go, what about Alabama against Zaga? Alabama doesn't need this win. Uh, if you would have told people uh, that were Alabama fans or even just looking at telling Nate Oates you went 2-3 and three in that stretch and you're entering conference play with only two losses, yeah, it, he would have taken that every day of the week, twice on Sunday. So I don't think Alabama's in the must-need win. Not saying anybody's saying that, but I think they're a little bit distant. Missouri needs to beat UCF more than Alabama needs to beat Gonzaga. But exciting matchups on Saturday. Heading to Sunday right now. we got two games on Sunday. we got Notre Dame against Georgia in Atlanta on Sunday night. 4.30 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone. And then Auburn goes to their West Coast Tour next week. They play at USC. 4.30 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone on ESPN this upcoming Sunday on December 18th. Auburn's playing a West Coast tour. They'll play USC on Saturday. Then I believe they go up to Seattle and play uh, Washington, UW up there. So Auburn going to get a little taste of Pac-12 action. Uh, USC, I watched them a little bit. Who'd they play? Ten- Tennessee, I believe. Tennessee escaped them in overtime early in the battle for Atlantis. It'll be a tough game for Auburn. Everybody's been a tough game for Auburn this year because they're so inconsistent at their guard play. Look like they have some turmoil between the program right now. Uh, Katie Johnson getting into it with Flanagan. Um, I just don't really like this Auburn team right now. The defensive side of things are fine, but I mean, if you would have taken away the 25 free throw, 25 fouls Georgia State had last night, Georgia State may have won that game. And this is one of Georgia State's worst teams. They're a five and five club. They've had better teams. So Auburn needs to go. I think get these two wins against some above average teams in the Pac-12 this past this upcoming week against USC and Washington. Auburn doesn't need to drop any of these games. This wouldn't be good. 1-1 one one would be, I think, disappointing. 0-2 uh, would be disastrous. They should expect to go 2-0. and oh. I'm real interested, though, in this USC game because Auburn will play sloppy at times. So will USC. Excited for that Sunday night matchup. But, again, there's a lot to like on the, on the college basketball menu this week, Saturday and Sunday. Remember, we have a bowl game uh, in the SEC, too. One of the premier blue blood teams in the SEC uh, kicking it off at – 1.30 p.m. Central Standard Time Zone. It'll be fun. A lot of good sports action this week, specifically from the SEC. We're here to bring it to you. Remember, we will be live at the CM Newton Classic. Uh, tip off at 12, Alabama-Gonzaga. Looking forward to bringing the action. Again, thanks for joining us for this segment. You have a great weekend. Keep following us on Mach 10 Sports for the best information on SEC sports.